Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. We are, um, hold on, I'm so sorry. Uh, somehow, um, one of the cameras is not functioning here. Oh, I think I know what it is. Hold on, just a moment. And I'm asking the Station of the Cross to hold on, too. Um, hang on one minute. It's one, what a way to start a program. Would you please hold on? I'm coming with you. We've been reading an article from Regina Magazine, um, and we're going to continue on Pentecost, and we're going to continue it today. Um, we have to. We may need to be audio only, uh, dearest, until the break, and then we can. Um, um, what do I call it? Then we can resume. Uh, in I'm I'm trying to figure it out while I'm talking to you. I'm sorry, something went wrong. Okay. Um, in any case, we're going to continue reading. Uh, from the article on the day of Pentecost. It's very, very rich, and it clears up many, many misunderstandings of the Feast of Pentecost. And so this past Sunday and every week, uh, every day uh, this week is a first-class feast. It's a first-class octave uh, for Pentecost. Wednesday begins, Wednesday and Saturday of this week are the Ember Days, um, in which we fast and um, uh, and thank God for all that we have. So let me just find where we left off on uh, the day of Pentecost. Uh, it's by Father Francis Xavier Weninger from 1877, and he described just what happened when the Holy Spirit came upon the Blessed Mother and the disciples with her in the upper room. And then as they preached to the crowd, um, the Holy Spirit enabled them, the crowd, to understand every single word in their own language because that crowd was a mixture of um, uh, Jews, for sure, thousands of them for the, um, in Jerusalem for the feast, but they all spoke different languages and dialects. But when the apostles preached to them, after being filled with the Holy Spirit, they were able to understand in their own language. Uh, so Peter spoke to them in his language, and they understood in their own. A tremendous, tremendous miracle on the birthday of the church. It was the birthday of Judaism, celebrating the giving of the law on Mount Sinai, Torah, Simchus Torah, rejoicing over the law, um, and also their wheat harvest, the harvest of first fruits, which was the Feast of Weeks, Shavuot, Shavuot, and uh, the Greek name is Pentecost. And so God gathered all the Jewish people um, uh, from lands around, and they went up to Jerusalem according to the law on that feast. And while they were there, God poured out on Mary and the disciples waiting in the upper room for fear of the Jews, um, poured out 
uh, his spirit on them, and they began to preach, no more afraid, and the gospel spread uh, to the whole world till today. You and I know the gospel because of those first 12 disciples uh, and the Blessed Mother. And so um, when God poured out his Holy Spirit on them, um, uh, he poured out through them uh, the Holy Spirit on all who were then uh, baptized and confirmed. And so where we left off yesterday, um, Father Francis uh, was beginning to say, let us consider today in what the essence of each of these gifts consists, and we will arrive at a clearer understanding of the relation which each one of them bears toward the continuance and increase of the kingdom of God in our hearts. And beloved, if you're listening, uh, you're listening to the auto audio, I'm, I apologize, there's something wrong with the camera, I can see it now on my end, um, and during the break we will try to f- get that fixed. So you're listening only to the audio of Mother Miriam Live, don't think there's something wrong with your a computer or phone or anything else, um, we'll, we'll take a look at the break. Um, so let us consider today um, in what the essence of each of these gifts consists. There's so much confusion today, beloved. And we'll arrive at a clearer understanding of the relation which each one of them bears toward the continuance and increase of the kingdom of God in our hearts. The first gift, in the order in which they are imparted to us, is fear of the Lord. This is where we left off yesterday. Which so disposes our hearts that we entertain no fear whatever except fear of God and the possibility of offending that divine being by sin. This gift implies a heart free from sin and filled with a true, sincere, and effective resolution to avoid the most trivial, venial sin, venial sin and imperfection. When this gift filled fills our hearts the gift of fear, then indeed the kingdom of God is firmly established therein, and we are temples of the Holy Ghost. But alas, how many there are who receive not this heavenly gift in its plenitude, who waver and falter in the service of God, and who so far from being inspired by a holy fear of offending him, rather allow the fear of men or human respect to take entire control of their actions. The second gift the Holy Spirit imparts to us is the gift of piety, which leads us to a state of perpetual prayer so that we not only perform our prescribed devotions at certain times, but through them, become united in so intimate a manner with God that we walk constantly in his presence and live so that the the salutation of the angel to the Immaculate Virgin, the Lord is with thee, might well be applied to us. As long as prayer is regarded by us only in the light of an obligation, 
are imperfect children of God. But if, on the contrary, we find it an absolute necessity, if it be for our spirits, what breath is to the body? I'll repeat that. If prayer be for our spirits, what breath is to the body? Then is the kingdom of God firm in our hearts. Then are we indeed confirmed in the service of our Creator and living temples of the Holy Ghost. Oh, how many are there who waver in this holy service. The spirit of prayer is wanting in them. Their devotions bring them no nearer to God, whereas they should tend to promote an intimate union with him. The third gift of the Holy Ghost is knowledge, through which we become versed in the science of salvation and thoroughly impressed with the truth that the great affair of our eternal welfare should first rank in our estimation and become fully resolved that nothing shall prevent the permanent establishment of the kingdom of God in our hearts. This heavenly knowledge renders us fully alive to the perils which threaten the salvation of those who, while living in the world, strive always according to the spirit of the world to possess and to enjoy, and this always in an ever-increasing decree and for as long as time, a long a time as possible. Not so the Christian whose soul, enriched by God the Holy Ghost, is filled with this holy science. He will continue, let me reread that, not so the Christian whose soul, enriched by the Holy Ghost, is filled with this holy science. He will continually have in view the warning of our Lord, what doth it profit a man? to gain the whole world and to lose his own soul. And when the tempter places before him some favorite, though forbidden, pleasure, or paints in glowing colors the joys of yielding to some darling sin, he will pause and ask himself that question, Will I spurn the tempter from my heart or not? There's the music. I was just looking at the clock, beloved, to see when we'll begin our first break. There's the music for our first break, beloved. There's nothing wrong with your screen or phone. Um, we've not been able to have the visual, so you've only been hearing the audio. And when we go to this break, we'll try to rectify that. Um, and uh, at the second break, you'll be able to call in with anything on your heart, dear ones. Toll free one eight seven seven. 5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We'll be right back.
prayer of deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener-supported. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family. listening to the Station of the Cross on your car radio, but sometimes find yourself driving outside the listening area? Never miss another minute of your favorite show. Download the iCatholic Radio app so you can listen anywhere in the world 24 hours a day. The iCatholic Radio app is available for your phone in the Apple Store or for your Android phone in Google Play. Visit thestationofthecross.com for more information. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSight News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Uh, we have a, a camera problem this morning, so it looks like we're only audio with you, which is it's very strange. But uh, we'll keep trying at the break to find out what is wrong. I'm so sorry for that. We're going to continue with our reading um, from um, um, on the day of Pentecost. And we've talked about the gift of fear, the gift of piety, um, the gift of knowledge, um, and then um, let me just reread the gift of knowledge again. It's the third gift of the Holy Spirit in the order those gifts are poured out into our soul. Um, it's knowledge through which we become versed in the science of salvation and thoroughly impressed with the truth that the great affair of our eternal welfare should first rank in our estimation and become fully resolved that nothing shall prevent the permanent establishment of the kingdom of God in our hearts. This heavenly knowledge renders us fully alive to the perils which threaten the salvation of those who, while living in the world, strive always, according to the spirit of the world, to possess and to enjoy, and this always in an ever-increasing decree 
degree and for as long a time as possible. But that's not so with the Christian whose soul... um, uh, Let me see. I think there was... um, Okay, not so the Christ, not so the Christian whose soul, enriched by God, the Holy Ghost, is filled with this holy science. He will continually have in view the warning of our Lord, what doth it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And when the tempter places before him some favorite though forbidden pleasure, or paints in glowing colors the joys of yielding to some darling sin, he will pause and ask himself what that question, will I spurn the tempter from my heart or not? When the charms of earthly pleasures and temporal enjoyments were held up to St. Aloysius by those who wished to make him waver in his resolution to dedicate himself to God in the religious state, he would silence them by asking, What doth it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Such a soul recognizes the value of time and employs it accordingly, knowing well that death, which is most surely approaching, is but the pathway to an eternity, which it depends upon him to make happy or miserable. The Christian who who entertains such sentiments will remain firm and unshaken um, amid the tempests of life and may feel assured that the kingdom of God is established in his heart. But by far the greater number who call themselves children of the one true church and have even received the sacrament of confirmation do not respond to the dignity of their vocation. Carried away entirely by the affairs of the world, their only anxiety is for pleasure or for gain, for the things of earth which pass away. The fourth gift with which we are favored by the munificence of the Holy Ghost is counsel. This gift floods the soul with celestial light sufficient to discern what is pleasing to God in the various circumstances of life. It guards us against the evil of seeking advice from vain and worldly minds and inspires us to go directly to the representatives of Christ on earth. The life of the Christian who receives this gift is blessed with that peace which the world cannot give, and God reigning in his heart by his grace, the divine kingdom is firmly established therein. But how many, excuse me, or too many go in quest of advice from those who are filled with the spirit of the world and who cannot impart what they do not possess. And instead of receiving benefit, the petitioner wavers in the service of God, nay, sometimes abandons it entirely. The fifth gift of the Holy Ghost. Let me look. Okay, I'm looking at our little time here because we... Again, I'm so sorry that you don't have the visual this morning. 
um, we're going to continue looking for the problem at the next break, and I apologize, but hopefully the audio is coming through fine, and God has a reason for not showing my face this morning. What can I tell you? All right. The fifth, the fifth gift of the Holy Ghost is fortitude, which enables the recipient to embrace and bear patiently all the crosses which are inseparable from that state of life to which he has been called by the most holy will of God, and to fulfill the duties connected therewith in spite of every obstacle. From this gift who arises, I'm sorry, from this gift also arises the disposition which inspires the soul with an esteem for tribulations. Look at that. The gift of counsel from that gift also arises that disposition which inspires the soul with an esteem for tribulations, a love of sufferings, and an ardent desire to bear the cross for the sake of Jesus Christ. Whoever is thus disposed may enjoy the blessed assurance that the kingdom of God is confirmed in his heart and that by a faithful correspondence with divine grace, he will combat valiantly and bear away the palm of victory. Beloved, I've never read that before. That is an amazing, an amazing gift. Where, however, this steadfast love of sufferings through love of Christ exists not, the prayer, thy kingdom come, arises not as much from the heart, but from the lips only. And the kingdom of God is often in danger. That's quite something, hmm? Should I reread that? I think I should. This is a surprise to many. The fifth gift of the Holy Spirit is fortitude, which enables the recipient to embrace and bear patiently all the crosses which are inseparable from that state of life to which he has been called by the most holy will of God and to fulfill the duties connected therein and therewith in spite of every obstacle. From this gift also arises that disposition which inspires the soul with an esteem for tribulations a love of sufferings, and an ardent desire to bear the cross for the sake of Jesus Christ. Whoever is thus disposed may enjoy the blessed assurance that the kingdom of God is confirmed in his heart and that by a faithful correspondence... Hold on, please. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Whoever is thus disposed may enjoy the blessed assurance that the kingdom of God is confirmed in his heart and that by a faithful correspondence with divine grace he will combat valiantly and bear away the palm of victory. Where, however, this steadfast love of sufferings through love of Christ's exists not, the prayer thy kingdom come, arises not as much from the heart, but from the lips only, and the kingdom of God is often endangered. 
the sixth gift. I'm not sure. Well, we'll see if we can finish this one. We'll see. The sixth gift, which the Holy Spirit offers us, is in the sacrament of confirmation is understanding, which enables man to look at and judge everything in this world through the light of holy faith and to live accordingly. In this way, his confession of faith will not proceed from the lips only, but all its teachings will appear in a manner most dear and distinct to his spiritual vision. The kingdom of God is truly and firmly established in that blessed soul, and grace will constantly increase therein to enable her to resist all the attacks of the infernal enemy. Then will the purity of her intention exalt and multiply the merit of her good works before God. Oh, that all would endeavor by a worthy preparation for the sacrament of confirmation to receive this gift in its plenitude, but too often it is not the case. Finally, beloved, the seventh gift is a gift, the gift of wisdom, which is essentially the gift of well-ordered love to God and our neighbor, by which the Christian finds his delight in the fulfillment of the precept which enjoins upon us to love God above all and our neighbor as ourselves. Of such love it is written that it is stronger than death. It induces us to give up all earthly joys and worldly treasures for Christ's dear sake. And whoever is aware of possessing it may well exclaim with St. Paul, what can separate us from the love of Christ? Hunger, misery, poverty, death, we overcome them all through him whom we love. But beloved Christians, Father Francis says, when every portion of the heart is engrossed by self, there can be no thought of a faithful perseverance amid the storms and temptations of life. What weighty and all-powerful motives should on this glorious day, the day of Pentecost, the birthday of our Holy Church, inspire us to assemble in spirit with the Mother of Jesus and the Holy Apostles and disciples of the Lord as they awaited the descent of the Divine Spirit. From the very depths of our hearts, let us cry out, Come, Holy Ghost, replenish our hearts with thy love, that its ardent fire may animate our souls. Banish therein all aversion to prayer, and that spirit of the world which seeks our ruin, banish that. Banish aversion to prayer and the spirit of the world which seeks our ruin. Dear ones, there is the music for our second break. And during the break, we're going to see if we can correct um, the, um, the problem with the camera. Uh, hang in there. We may do the have to do the whole program today, audio, but we'll do our best during the break. Then we'll be with you for a whole half hour for your calls, texts, and emails. The toll-free number is 1-877-511-5483. We'll be right back. 
Here at the Station of the Cross, we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received. I'm a uh, widower, parent of three almost adults, and listen to you guys around the clock. Father McTigg, Society of Jesus, he's wonderful. My mother Miriam, of course, the Divine Office, and many other great things that Station of the Cross does. So thanks very much for your great work. I had a friend at work email me and tell me about the Station of the Cross a couple months after it started. And I was so excited, I tuned into it, and I found that I love the Catholic Station. If you've been blessed by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112. Then share your testimonial with us. Husbands, have you ever worried about the risks to your wife's health from the birth control method she's using? Why not learn a natural method of family planning that is 99% effective in postponing pregnancy and causes no risks to your wife's health? Find all the information you need for natural family planning classes or the home study course from the Couple to Couple League website at www.ccli.org or call 513-471-2000. Jesus 911. Now, weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. My name is Jesse Romero. I'm a retired Los Angeles cop. I'm a Catholic lay evangelist. My show on spiritual warfare is called Jesus 911, where you got three retired LA cops, Ruben Nava, Eddie Chavez, talking about the Catholic faith and teaching you spiritual warfare, how to defend yourself against the devil, the world, and the flesh. Catch the Soul Patrol. Jesus 911. 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. On the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved family, to Mother Miriam Live. We have not been able to solve technical difficulties during this break, during the whole beginning of the program. I'm so sorry. Um, I think there was some new equipment installed and all kinds of have to get it, get all the kinks out. So um, it's audio only. So if you think something's wrong with your computer or phone or anything else, it's not. Um, but I'm thrilled to be with you, and we can still talk together. We have this whole half hour together, um, and um, you are welcome to call in uh, on um, uh, to the Station of the Cross at one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, and to email at mother at the Station of the Cross dot com. Let me just see. Um, I'm going to get to a text here um, from um, uh, someone who writes in anonymously and says, uh, my daughter loves Jesus very much. She was, um, oh dear. I, I read this yesterday and I, I want to get, um, I'm going to get back to you on this one. There's a particular, I did uh, speak to this yesterday and 
recommended that there are there's a couple of very special camps uh, that may really help your daughter. Um, but I didn't get that information. I'm going to call today and get it and have it tomorrow. Um, and if you can email me um, uh, at uh, mother at the station of the cross dot com um, or even um, go to our website, mother of Israel's hope dot org and email us that way mail at mother of Israel's hope dot org. I will get you that information. Um, you're, I know you're not alone. And um, hold on just a moment. One moment. Okay. Um, I'll just read the full email. It's just a couple of sentences and it's tragic. My daughter loves Jesus very much. She was sexually abused by a man for a year. Then she attempted suicide. She is an in an inpatient facility now, enduring a bit of suffering because her group keeps getting COVID and they have to isolate. What are some words of encouragement that I can give her? Um, I think you need to find another facility for her. Um, and I'm going to get that information for you. Okay. Um, I, I don't know uh, how old your daughter is. I don't know um, anything about the inpatient facility. So it's uh, location. Is it in the city? Is it in the country? What is it about? How do they function? So it's very hard for me to give you um, advice on that or even encouragement. Um, I think you can perhaps give her the encouragement that we're looking perhaps for a much better situation for her. Um, and that God knows, and as crazy as it sounds, nothing touches us, not any tragedy that God has not allowed. God is not the cause of evil, but why he allows evil is a great mystery, but for those who love him, he works all things together for good. And so that you can assure her, um, even though you can't see the good right now, because of her... um, her suffering, her abuse, she may be able to save a young girl's life later on that she will never have been able to save had she not been through it. So the thing above all is to trust God who knows everything that's going on and who, um, uh, and for some reason he wasn't asleep, his back wasn't turned, he allowed it. And so she needs to pray for the abuser and draw near to Jesus and ask him to complete the work in her that he began and for whatever ever purpose he allowed this evil to come upon her and again that you're looking for another facility for her. We have an email from someone who writes in anonymously <clears throat> and writes, Dear Mother, I have a question about baptism. This question is to settle a little friendly debate between my mother and me. I know someone who was never baptized, knows pretty much nothing about the Catholic faith. Her mother is a fallen away Catholic and and her mother is a practicing witch, a fallen away Catholic and a practicing witch. Hold on. My goodness, poor girl. 
I know that only God knows the state of the soul. But wouldn't you say that according to tradition, that if this person dies, they will go to hell? Now you're saying this person, you didn't say if it was your friend or her mother. But you say, um, if this person dies, according to tradition, that they will go to hell because, one, they were never baptized. Okay, now, um, well, if a mother's a fallen away Catholic, the mother's probably baptized, so now we're talking about the daughter. Because, one, they were never baptized. Secondly, are not practicing the Catholic faith. And thirdly, practice witchcraft. Now, that sounds like her mother again. My mother um, believes that they could possibly go to limbo. There is no limbo. The church has um, made that clear. It was a catch-all word for uh, people we don't know where we go. There's no such thing as limbo. Um, My mother believes that they would possibly go to limbo, but I believe that our faith exists for a reason, and that if we believe that pretty much any pagan gets a get-out-of-hell-free card, then why would the church be so adamant about one fold, one shepherd, and outside the church there is no salvation? Thank you, and God bless you. Um, well, your, your email is a bit confusing here. I'm not sure who you're talking about here. Um, if you're talking about the mother... Um, who was a practicing Catholic at one point, but never baptized. Um, And so she's not practicing now, but she's practicing witchcraft. Um, If she does not repent, I don't know what's been told her. I don't know if she was ever Catholic. Um, Someone needs to tell that woman quickly that she must repent and return to Christ. Someone must tell her. Her accountability, if she's never been told, I cannot answer for God. God alone knows the accountability of the heart. He knows that. If we die in a state of mortal sin, separated from God, we will be in hell for all eternity. That answer is absolutely yes. Um, The Catechism teaches also that those who through no fault of their own, there's the big sentence, who through no fault of their own do not know the truths of the Catholic Church, but they live up to the light of grace they have been given. Not that they will be saved, but they can be saved. Now, someone practicing witchcraft is not living up to the light of grace uh, at all. Um, But I don't know why she's in witchcraft, why she left the Catholic Church, what the state of her soul is. It's certainly... Uh, I would have no confidence that a person like that on death would go to heaven at all, at all. And the only people that even go to purgatory to be um, cleansed and purified are those on the way to heaven. And no one is in purgatory with mortal sin on their soul. Mortal sin separates us from God for all eternity. If we die in that state, we will die for all eternity in separated from God. That's where we will live. You're very right. There is one fold and one shepherd outside the Catholic Church. There is no salvation. 
That's exactly right. But again, uh, God alone holds, um, knows the heart of each one and knows their accountability. So we cannot judge that. We can tell people that outside the church there's no salvation. That's true. Um, and that there's one fold and one shepherd. And if they're practicing witchcraft, they're serving the devil, not God. And there's no way they'll be in heaven if they are servants and children of the devil, who is the father of lies. So, yes, you can tell them those things, but ultimately, God only knows the destiny, uh, the eternal destiny of a person, because um, I think it was, uh, uh, who was it that was asked? It might have been Father Harden. I don't quite remember. Um, Someone committed suicide, and he was separated from God. He was a mortal sin. And he jumped off a bridge to commit suicide. And so the family presumed he was in hell. And Father Hardin said, it, it takes a number of seconds to jump off that bridge to the time he hits the water, which is plenty of time for repentance. You see, we never, ever know the state of a soul, even on the deathbed. We cannot plan to return to God on the deathbed because we can't do that apart from his grace and we have no idea if we'll be on a deathbed. It might be instantaneous, a drive-by shooting, anything. So we cannot wait. Today, our Lord says, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Um, today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow. Um, so I think... Um, it's very difficult for me to solve the argument between you and your mom because um, you're talking about two people and you're not clear on which person you're speaking about here. But um, um, So I, I, I can't go further. I don't know where the daughter is at, what stage she's at, um, and even the circumstances of the mom. But the mom is certainly not on her way to heaven. We have an email from Jack. Dear Mother, um, I have always wondered about our belief that Jesus descended into hell after his death and rose on the third day, the resurrection. When on the cross, Jesus told the good thief that today you will be with me in paradise. Good question. Would it not make more sense that Jesus went to heaven after death? And then returned to his holy to, uh, to his body to rise on the third day. No, I cannot understand how the Lord would have descended. Oh dear, because he is now. How do you say here? Jesus told the good thief, "Today you will be with me in paradise." That's right. In other words, he was saved, saved in the way all the Old Testament um, saints who were righteous were saved. Uh, they weren't in heaven. They were in paradise, a waiting place until heaven was open. Heaven was not open until our Lord's resurrection. But when you say, would it make sense that Jesus went to heaven uh, would it, and then returned to his body to rise on the third day? Oh, no, 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 he did not. He did not uh, open heaven prior to the resurrection and uh, his ascension into heaven. Um, he said, I can't under, cannot understand how the Lord would have descended. Well, because we cannot. We cannot. Um, our Lord has given many people, like St. Catherine of Genoa, the Fatima children, visions of hell. But um, our Lord 
is God. He's omnipresent. He's uh, omnipotent, powerful. He can be anywhere he wants, do anything he wants, go into hell, go into heaven. And he actually descended into hell, which was the place of the waiting dead, the waiting dead, those in paradise, the waiting dead, um, to declare to him, to them, the victory of the cross and to bring Adam and Eve out, who St. Ephraim said would be in purgatory for all of time. Um, but he went to announce down, uh, he went to announce the victory to Adam. Um, there's a beautiful sermon, Holy, the sermon for Holy Saturday evening that is, um, oh, uh, it's just magnificent, and it describes our Lord's descent into hell. We'll be back right after the break, beloved. Hi, this is Jim Wright, president of the Station of the Cross. Thank you to everyone who donated to our on-air appeal. Because of your generosity, we are over 90% of our spring appeal goal. And if we reach our goal by the Feast of Corpus Christi on June 6th, a generous benefactor will give us an additional $20,000. If you were not able to support the on-air appeal, please help us now and receive our great spring appeal gifts. With your support, we'll be able to reach our goal and continue to provide you with the very best in Catholic programming. To make a donation, call 1-877-711-8500 or visit thestationofthecross.com. Use the donation page of your iCatholic Radio mobile app or return the envelope from one of our mailings. You can also view our giving levels and spring appeal gifts by visiting thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for helping us continue to be a voice of truth. And may God bless you and your family. Each weekday from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern, the Station of the Cross brings you Mother Miriam Live. It is Christ's church. He will build it. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. But it's time for us, the remnant, to step up and do everything we can. Tune in from 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern for Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross and our free iCatholic Radio mobile app. You can also watch the video stream every day on Facebook or on YouTube. Praise be to Jesus. Hi, this is Joe McClain, host of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show, joining you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We'll keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and breaking news stories of the day. That's the Catholic Drive Time, weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. We'll see you then. May God love you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, if you've joined us late, you are seeing, you're not seeing, you're seeing that you're not seeing the program. It's only audio this morning because we're having equipment problems, so we apologize, but we are here and we are live. And um, this is our last segment, and you're welcome to call us with anything on your heart, toll free, one 511 5483 I'm going to go back to Jack's email um, the last email we took before the break, 
And Jack said he could not understand how our Lord would have descended into hell. And so um, I want to read you, uh, oh, okay, here we go, an answer from the Catholic Answers website. And if you want the best apologetics um, website in the world, go to catholic.com. Catholic.com, and right up there, as you bring up the site, there's a little search box, and you can put in anything at all you wish. It's outstanding. Catholic Answers um, had a great deal to do with my coming into the church, so I'm forever great. And I was full-time apologist with them on staff for nine years and left them only to begin to found this community, so I'm very grateful for them. Here is their answer as to did Jesus and why he went into hell. And it says, Jesus' descent into hell means that Jesus, this is a direct quote from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, Jesus sojourned in the realm of the dead prior to his resurrection. Like all men, Jesus experienced death, and thus his soul joined others in this realm. But as the Catechism points out, quote, the descended he descended there as Savior, end quote, and preached the good news to the spirits in prison there, and Peter writes about that. And the article continues, does this mean that Jesus descended into hell to deliver the damned? Does this mean Jesus destroyed the hell of damnation? No. Scripture often uses the term hell, Sheol in Hebrew and Hades in Greek to refer to the abode of the dead, which consisted of both the righteous and the unrighteous who were deprived of the vision of God. But this does not mean their experience of that realm was identical. Jesus made this clear in his parable of the poor man and Lazarus. The Jews affectionately referred to the righteous abode as Abraham's bosom. It is these spirits to whom Jesus preached the good news. It is the righteous dead. It is precisely these holy souls who awaited their Savior in Abraham's bosom, whom Christ the Lord delivered when he descended into hell. That's from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, number 633. Okay. Let me see now. Um, If, no, not too much time left, but we still have time for a phone call if anyone wishes to call in. Um, Toll free one. Oh, we do have a call. Just came in from someone anonymously. Um, Are you on the line? Oh, hi, Mother Marion. Yes. Yes. Um, um, yeah, my f- situation is I've been abandoned, um, divorced. I, you know, I do not want to be divorced. It's been about seven years. Since then, my children have lost the faith. And I'm very, you know, all I can really do at this point is pray for my husband and pray for my children. You know, I can't and try to be an example, but I have two in college, one's in high school. But, you know, they're doing all this new age stuff. And I really am attracted to you know, religious life. That's what I want to offer up my life. But I know you say you have to 
get an annulment. And what I was asking, what I wanted to ask, isn't there something about the Joseph, something Josephine right or whatever? If I got a release from my husband, that I could, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think. Um, I don't know if your situation would apply. How old is your high schooler? She is a freshman in high school. Which makes her how old? Well, she's 15. And she's living at home? She lives with him. I come and go as I want, but it's a situation where, you know, they don't go to mass. They don't, they don't. So are your three children with your husband? Yes. They are, well, touring college, and it's a situation where I come in and out of the house because um, I live in an expensive area, and what I received, I really cannot afford to take them, and they want to live in their home, and it's not like I didn't wasn't awarded children. I mean, I could, but it's just, um, it, it, I can't change it now. They want to be in the house. You know, they don't want to. Um, you they want to be in the house it. where you're living? where he's living, you know, because he has the house. He's got, you know, I live in a one-bedroom apartment. Um, when he goes to his vacation home, I go there. You know, I, I just kind of come and go, and I just have to sit there like so a potted plant because he, I have no authority. He, he didn't leave. You left? Is that, that it? No, no, no. He left. He left. He filed. He filed for divorce. And so why no is he still in the house? Because this is if the way I don't think people realize what what no fault divorce is. No fault divorce is somebody can go to court and unilaterally destroy everything financially. Um, you know, they look you only get so much. It's not like they divide everything in half. They it's you know, All he right. has okay. his career. Uh, I got it. Okay. Um, how often do you see your daughter and your children in college? Well, my kids in college, um, you know, I can kind of come and go to the house as much as I want. He's pretty open like that. You know, I, I have a key. I kind of, you know, I try to pop in. But I'm thinking long term in my life because. Well, I'm I thinking of your 15 year old right now. How often do you see her? Um, a few times a week. And how is she with that? Okay. Okay. She's okay with it, but you know, my financial situation, like even, um, like my husband will say, well, you can go live in Florida. You can live in that house for free and, and save up. And, you know, I don't know that the kids would really care if I was out of their life. I mean, I'm the only one who's practicing the faith. They just kind of, you know, it's, it's a really difficult, um, situation mm-hmm. i can't change them you know he's not, you know he's going to hippie weekends he's doing um you know i, I would think to, <laughs> i would think that you would want to rescue your daughter 15 year old from that i'm trying but you can't oh. if they, he, they're so um you know she won't even go to mass with me she's like i don't believe in that and she was in catholic school before the divorce he pulled them out after the divorce for financial reasons you know, he's like, oh, they'll go back to the faith when they want the faith. I just think that the evil of this divorce has really wounded my kids. And all and I've gotten spiritual direction is really all you can do at this point is pray for them because he has really alienated them from me. You know, um, kids are impressionable. And um, I think I can do more by prayer. Now, this is the thing. 
I could try to apply for an annulment, and I'm sure the current state of the church, I would get one because they really are giving them out like candy. But I would feel, I mean, I had three children. We both knew what we were doing when we got married. We were married for 15 years. I don't know if I'm using that annulment system. No, no, I think I'm so sorry that it's the end of our program. There's our closing music, dear one. Um, I, I think um, you have to go a different direction. You have a vocation as a wife and mother before God, and you cannot let your husband uh, control that or make you break your vows before God. Um, I would do whatever I could if I were you to move to an affordable place and build a relationship with your children, whatever it's going to take, so that you fulfill the vocation God has given you. I know that's not the answer you want right now. If you call in again tomorrow, we can talk further. God bless all of you.